go. <laughs> hey there, podcast fam. This is your girl Snow Black, and welcome to Empathize with Snow. Today, I have a special guest in the house. Um, he's a big short, a big man. His name is Gideon. He's like one of the number one, I believe, the top realtors in Abuja. So today, we are about to empathize with him. So, Gideon, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, before we dive into our discussion of the day, please let us meet you. Tell us about yourself, your background, and all. Okay, well, um, my name is Gideon Sule. That's what I was born as. Yes, um, a lot of people know me as Gidi, and I'm the first child from a family of four from Kogi State. And I'm a realtor, you know, a media and communications graduate from Apebola University. Um, yeah, I'm basically a realtor and entrepreneur. I like to yeah. provide value, and yeah, that's basically. It. So basically, are there like anything, any encounter that actually triggered your choices in life? Well, hunger one. Two, <laughs> <laughs> two, being broke. And uh, I, I, I know how many times I've been broke, you know. A lot of, and I've faced a lot of embarrassing situations because of being broke. So, yes, that's as triggered. Although the major trigger I've had in life, like my major trigger to anything I'm doing, especially right now, is the death of my dad. So, yeah. That is one oh. major trigger. I started. Sorry about your loss. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, I hope you don't mind us crying, but can you please run us through how you lost your dad? Well, um, okay, one minute. He was that was five years ago, actually, four years plus. June 12th this year will make it five years and mm-hmm. I think one minute it was it was all well fine in the house you know we're all there everybody was we're talking about politics you know June 12th was supposed to be the is it democracy day now Maybe yeah democracy at day. the time yeah so yeah so um we're just discussing and then next thing the I think we're supposed to have a wedding. If, if a member of our extended family, like one of our relatives, was supposed to have a wedding that week. So they had just come back from the village three days before, or two days before. My parents had just come back from the village trying to prepare the whole place. So I was washing my clothes. And the next day, I was supposed to have a talk in a church or an entrepreneurship. Came inside, woke my dad up, slept off in Nepal. Went inside, I was trying to prepare my talk. I slept off few hours after um my mom ran to my room to come and wake me up went to wake my siblings up you know and then was telling us that we should come and pray for my dad and we went to meet him where i was from this is the first time in our life this kind of thing has ever happened for my mom to rush to our room to come and call us you know so um only for us to get to my dad's room and my dad couldn't sit he couldn't stand up he was just restless you know we were praying for him. He was trying to pray. We were asking him for his khaki. We couldn't really do much. 
you know, we were just restless and um, we think we tried to wear him his clothes, he couldn't really do, sit or stand to wear it. He had to come to the parlor and then he sat down on the seat here in the parlor. So he rested he sat down on the ground actually, with his back resting on the seat. And next up he was we were praying for him. He just told us where his khaki was, like he usually puts his khaki in his Bible case. So he puts we carried the key so we could take him to hospital. Next thing his eyes rolled, his tongue came out. And we had to start screaming for security to come and help us to carry him into the car. Because he was motionless. Carried to the car and went to the hospital. Drove to the hospital with my mom and my brother. We got there. And I think the hospital they were delaying. They delayed that day and then um, before you know it, when the doctor came, checked him after delaying for a very long time. He checked him and he said he was not in dead. Yeah, so that's 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 how it happened, you know. It was brought in dead. Well that's that's actually yeah. what at the third point how did you feel? Could you process how you felt? <laughs> Obviously, it was like a dream, you know, something you've never experienced. I'd, uh, before then, I'd never really lost a loved one. So, uh, it's not something I'd experienced before. You know, um, one thing about life before then was, life was easy. Having my dad, that made life easy, you know. A lot of the issues in life where people go through, my dad shielded all of us from it. We didn't face any of those issues. So we're shielded from it. Life was pretty easy, you know. Whatever happened, we knew that our dad was there, you know. So yeah, that was only. Uh, but it, it was after he died that we now started seeing life for what it is. Started seeing people for their true colors, you know. So that mm-hmm. moment was not. It was not. It was not an easy experience, you know. It was for a long time, you know. In fact, remembering that so is like. Is making it, it, it remembering the story brings you back to brings back some memories that that's, uh, everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for sure. a reason. Yeah. You know that thing that when you lose somebody and they keep coming to tell you, and eh, God knows best, everything happens for a reason. <laughs> how how did that those statements? How did they make you feel? Um, me, yeah, I believe in God, so yeah, I know that God loves my dad more than he, more than I love my dad. You know? So before I got to know my dad, God has known. So I didn't really that period. Having people around was really a blessing because having people around, that losing. <laughs> It's, see for days uh, you live in denial. I was, I was like, you, I was living in denial that this thing didn't happen. So for for a while, I was still myself. It was like a while after I started feeling the impact. Like that for that week when he died, 
I didn't want to believe that it was true. It was still, it was, it's, it's, it was an unbelievable something. Thing. So, you know, the, like the shock, the shock will not make you really realize what has happened. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to dwell on it. So my house was filled up that period. House was filled up, you know, people crying. And in fact, like at the point, I was even the one, I had my siblings, like the ones that were even consoling people. <laughs> Imagine you losing somebody and then another one consoling people. It was, it was, because family, even though some, you know, obviously some people going to be pretending, be pretending, and um, the uh, people come, uh, different kinds of people will be here, or people will be crying. Some people do giving fake, fake cries. Obviously, we know people are freaking cries, but you know. We, we knew we knew what we were feeling. You know? Well, we just we just needed it to be a lie, so that um, because if we if we really dwelt on the facts that was gone, because even the day I think the day after he died, he brought his body from the mortuary to church for prayers, believing that God will raise him up. You know. Brought him to church. He was, he was a senior pastor in regime, so brought him to the the place where he was pastoring. Put him on the altar. All of us were around his body. That was like the most difficult, my most difficult experience in life, having to to see my dad's lifeless body like that in my front. You know, Although and you just then, you were just trying to look for a miracle. I'm telling you, you know, it was that whole period was was so traumatic that I had to just the only way was to zone out, to not focus on what was happening around me. Because first of all, driving my dad from the house to the hospital was one thing. The another thing was after we were told that he was dead, that we had to go and get police reports to before they will, they will put him in their own mug or something, their mortuary. Because we couldn't, at that moment, thinking about how we get police reports, his body is there already, he's lifeless. You know, I had to drive him to another hospital. Around, this was around 3, 4 a.m. So I had to drive his lifeless body inside the car. At this time, I, my mom had not known that he was dead because we couldn't allow her. No. So I was just crying, just to... That carried his body with a friend of mine in front and then my younger brother just sitting down beside his lifeless body. Drove around that scene to the hospital, to the mortuary, you know, where his body was kept. All those things, those experiences were just it was like torture. That's what I would just say. It's not, it's, not, it's, not an, it's not an experience that anybody should go through. So, yes. well, sorry about your bad experience. I don't pray for anybody to have that experience because honestly, it's Amen. a lot. It's a lot. But Amen. then again, how how did you after the first stage where you had to live in denial and then you realize it became a reality? How how did you live with that? How did you manage that situation? Hmm. Okay, this is it. Uh, I think I entered the relationship with you after my dad's burial. 
So after like that my friend that was that I said went followed me to the hospital to the mortuary yeah. right I said yeah so we started we started a relationship like as you day after so when our village when um the relationship started when our village when um like we did the burial and everything and then the relationship started so i think for the next few months after this person the relationship helps like a shock absorber that was that was it it helps cushion the whole yes. effect yes you know it's acted as and we had a lot of we had people around us we had friends you know the friends that even though some of, many of those friends they are no longer here like they are no longer we are no longer close some of them are no longer friends but like god brought them at that time to help it was like they were just there at the right time for that purpose yes yes a lot of a lot of them even stayed with us like for weeks some even up to months you know so it made it helps make it easier the experience easier so yeah So would you say that the grief you you passed through or the grief you had to go through, would you say it reshaping your life and your perspective? It did actually. It did. It I think it calmed me down. It made me see life in a different perspective. I think I've grown a thousand times over than what I, where I will have grown to. Um, it it has made me stronger to to um, to handle things. You know, like you know, I was kidnapped last year now, so I feel like um, the loss of my dad made it made me stronger to handle the the experience of being kidnapped. Even before, I might have been so scared. You know, being the kidnappers then, but knowing that I have I have someone at the other side, it was not so scary. <laughs> yes, it's true. Now it was not so scary. That if this people killed me, at least I have family. At least there was somebody there. I have, I have family at the other side. So, you know, so it has it it has really helped me in the way I see things. I don't I don't see things like. I see things as transient, like this life is fragile. Like we can anything can happen at any point. You can you can go at any point. So it has really helped me, and has made me grow. It has made me mature in ways that I couldn't have imagined. So there are some people who get into grief and never find their way back. Do you think there's an easier path or an easy way to navigate through those feelings, the feeling of denial, anger, frustration, hate, mm-hmm. all that. What I would say, there's no easy way <laughs> because even to, to, to today, thinking of my dad is not easy for anybody in our in my family. It's not easy for any of us. Talking about him now is it's not easy, you know. Because anytime I think about the story, it sends me to a place that I don't really want to think about, you know, because of um, 
the experience is like i'm i'm going to make that that that, yeah i'm I'm making that that like feel like it's actually true that it happened it's somewhere locked in my mind somewhere somewhere but i don't i don't like to think about it you know remembering that i've actually lost someone like this you know my family is is a we are very close in our family so we are very close in our family so um losing 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 someone from my my our parents from our parents like we have a tight family so you know, it's hard it's hard losing so it, it, there's no easy way i don't think anyone can ever get over the the hurt of losing a loved one especially parents i think the only the only the only um thing that is more difficult and heartbreaking than that is losing a child sure. losing a child losing a child or losing a spouse that's um, so so i cannot even imagine what my mom is going through you know so um the the, the best way to handle it is having people around you like genuine people that love you that's the best way to handle it as best it sounds okay so yeah. how how would you say if you were to rate the way you handled your pain how would you rate it and what what level uh, of pain did you actually accelerate to what how how did you tap into that pain because for some people it's really hard to allow themselves go through that so they just literally instead of cushioning it or feeling it they literally just put a lock on it and that tends uh, to uh, aggravate everything to some people but they actually feel is a coping mechanism so for how me, did you do that for me i Personally, I never like. I'm not someone that gives up. I never give up, no matter the, no matter what is happening to me. Nothing can make me give up by God's grace, you know. And so I never like for once said like I sat down, and then I was telling uh, that uh, maybe there was a, there was never a moment that I sat down and uh, like I was I was soaking, feel, having self pity. And feeling like it's over for me or something, personally. But I'll I'll, I'll give myself a ten. The only reason I will not give myself a ten is because it was it was showing in my relationship at the time. You know, whenever whenever something happens, because there were times where the relationship was getting hurtful and it was like whenever stuff happens that gets me hot it triggers the memory and i'm feeling like you know that 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 it was in the relationship that it was triggering the memory of the loss you know making me like ah. it was just triggering some some emotions that it shouldn't trigger whenever um there were fights you know so it it's it, sometimes i could just get so angry and flare up you know Yeah, I think it was just my little that it was popping up 
you know, a relationship can bring out stuff that you don't even know about yourself. So I think it was just the relationship part that was feeding out and feeding from stuff. From stuff. But in my own personal life, to, to, to some extent, I handled it well. One thing about me is that I always like to think of the positives. I like to think about the big, big picture. That's why some people might find me uninteresting because it's like I, I, I like to mature with things. Uh, the people expect me to react to certain things, like to some things don't shock me. Things don't surprise me. Something that people people will be shocked about. I'll just be there. I'll just be calm and <laughs> people are running out of People are under pressure. And me, I'll just be calm. I can even be laughing and cracking joke about people now looking at me as, as serious. But that is me. I always find a way to smile about stuff. I always fi- find so, a way to be happy it's, about it's, stuff. It's easy to say that is the way you cope with things. Yes, you that's find the happiness in it. Even in the saddest. I, I look, I look, I look, I look at the positives. So I can't, I can't. I was telling my one of my sisters today. I have two younger sisters, so um, my middle younger sister, she's something happened me. So she was talking for hours, and I was ah, talking for hours, setting the stuff. And I was telling my other sister that um, I just talk for myself. I cannot put myself in in this um, kind of position that I'll be stressing myself about stuff. No matter how, like, some, was it last week that her face was demolished where she does her business, was demolished, and I was telling, I was telling them that, don't worry, this this one is like a stepping stone to something bigger, so uh, I'm never worried. And they're looking at me like, ah, it's not a big store. That, that's how I am. Look, no matter how, no matter how terrible or great the thing I look, other people may be worried, but I'm, I'm not usually worried. From someone who entered a lot of trouble while in school, you know, uh, like while growing up, I've, I think I've learned how to deal with troubling situations and how to just calm stuff down. And now it's even helping me in business. I, I'm hardly under pressure. Even I'm under pressure, you will not know. I'll just be smiling. So, yeah. So, it's safe to say that your coping mechanism is. Take it easy, smile, and find the positive in it. Yep. Find the solution. <laughs> okay, yes. so we just got out of the whole festivity and whatnot. Literally, from experience, I know that festive periods are actually the hardest if you're grieving. Yeah. If you're experiencing loss or grief, I actually know that festive periods are like the worst. Like me personally, I do not like festive periods, especially Christmas. I do not like Christmas. That's not because I think there's something wrong with Christmas or they're not supposed to celebrate Christmas or any of that. I just don't like the idea because it brings back a lot of memories. I I literally cherish these memories, but I don't want to think about them. So how how do you how do festive periods make you feel memories, and how do you cope with it? Maybe to answer oh, my this, mom. memories memories with who? My mom, actually. Your mom, you lost your mom. Yes, I did. How long? 
well this is 2024 so by the 25th of november this year is going to make it 10 years oh wow that's hmm, you can imagine 10 years as this year 25 <laughs> years for, for us thank you five years well see i'm, I'm your senior in the game <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's nice to lose a loved one, you know. Um, one thing about Christmas was my dad was a my dad was my dad had this kind of presence. Once my dad is in the room, you will know. My dad, he had serious presence, sense of presence. So during Christmas, you will know, like people, in fact, because of his position in church, and you know is um the people we had christmas was was we always had the house filled up even after i died people we always used to bring gifts now as far you know still but this last year i don't know whether it's because time has gone for a long time or because people were broke like you know the economy and all of that but compared to other years this last christmas was that ah, was my toughest christmas I did that Christmas on that Christmas day. Okay, I I lost my dad's my, my grandfather. That my dad I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. His his own father died um two days before Christmas. This Christmas that just passed. His father died two days before Christmas. I just died. That just passed. That's my father's father. So my mom had to go to the village with some of my siblings. So I was in my room. Throughout Christmas Day, that's the first time it's happening. First time in my life. So I was in my own throughout Christmas. I didn't go out till in the night. What did I go out to go and do? I went out to go and buy me gold. So <laughs> on Christmas Day, what I, what I ate was Indomie and egg. That was my food. Because we didn't plan for Christmas. I didn't plan to cook any special food. I didn't have the energy because I was exhausted, you know, from the exhaustion of the whole year. And the house felt empty, you know, and stuff like that. I know even when we don't go out on Christmas, even my dad was alive, but it was you felt you felt family, you felt home. But you know, this Christmas felt just empty and just what the good one, one thing about the house normally. In fact, it's just normal. Even now that my dad is no longer there, if my mom travels, the house feels it feels different. It feels like ah, something is missing. But until she comes, there's anybody can live. Anybody can travel. And my siblings, any of us can travel. I can travel. Any of my siblings can travel. And it's not. We will not feel it like that. Yeah, okay. that comes back. Uh, but once uh, my mom travels, you will feel it in the house. You will feel it. There's this homely homeliness that, that comes when she's around. This, you know, family thing. It's just normal. Even if you don't do anything on Christmas. In fact, there's no way my mom will be here. I will not do anything on Christmas. Ah. But she will have called. She will have called someone to come and cook. So cook plenty and do different stuff. You know? um, yeah, that's it. 
well mostly people people literally just think that um christmas is a time for celebration and other people don't have the right to be sad because of the birth of christ i actually had this conversation with somebody a while ago they were like hey it's christmas are you not supposed to be all hyper jesus is born i'm like yes i know jesus is born and i'm happy for the birth of christ but i don't feel like i want to celebrate because christmas time is it's it's it used to be a time that you should love because ah christmas is coming oh my god the house will be a lot everybody will come back you see a house on christmas day although it was really annoying for me because you literally spend your whole day being busy and i don't like being busy at the set time though but it just had that that warmth that comfort that family yeah and that word the, the warmth is the word the warmth yeah and i think after i experienced my first black christmas i i haven't had a christmas christmas i don't think i have but it's all good so technically how how do you advise people that actually lose their loved ones what's what's the advice you could give to them <sighs> what do you want to advise someone that has lost somebody? There's no advice that is going to help. All I can just say is just take things a day at a time. Don't wait for when you get over the loss. Just just live your life in the moment. Feel every emotion. Because to help you going forward, it will help you in life. It will build you, and the way you are able to handle it can can be the difference in your life. Some people make stupid decisions after they lose somebody. Don't I know it's it's easy to just get into that dangerous place. It was it was it it felt like when I knew that. I'm more disciplined than I thought it was after my dad died. It would be like as if you have to be like, if your parents are not there, you become wild, you become, listen. Like, apart from the father, um, father figure that, that has gone in the family, there's no more difference between the way we were in terms of discipline and now like in my family with the children so don't don't make stupid decisions the temptation to make stupid decisions come some people will get who get terrible begin terrible at, um, habits after losing the love ones you're like parents like that um suppose get addicted to stuff and stuff like that well that's that's that will just make things worse that's make things worse so just try to have good company around you try to make the right decisions even though it's going to be difficult but try
That's the advice I have. Okay, people, we've had the advice. Gidi, Mr. Gideon, has to give. Feel every feeling that comes with it. Leave, leave your pain. Actually, don't don't let anybody tell mm. you. Don't cry. Don't feel some kind of pain. You are allowed to feel mm. any way you want to feel. Nothing is supposed to stop you because if you don't go through that pain, eventually it will be because your dad is not there. But because you actually haven't felt that pain. Not because yeah. your mother is not there to guide you, but because you haven't let yourself felt the pain and the emotions that you're supposed to live through. There's this thing yeah. they do in Nigeria that is wholly, wholly and utterly wrong, if you ask me. You lose a loved one and it happens mostly to guys. When they lose a loved one, it's like everybody's expecting them to be a man, man up, conceal it, don't feel it that actually does more harm than good to people what do you think about it Gideon? yeah true like you see you as as a man eh, you tend to men tend to harbor a lot of heaviness the reason why men die early there are more widows than widowers is because men carry a lot of body in them because of expectations from the society as a man you can't do this as a man you can't do that i was talking with my sister about chris brown today i said rihanna hit chris brown but rihanna is is looked at as a legend rihanna is a billionaire today <laughs> she's she's enjoying she's living her life really Nobody talks about Rihanna hitting Chris Brown first. What they talk about is Chris Brown retaliating and hitting her back. So there's a double yeah. standard. People now have different expectations from men. Today, Chris Brown's career, Chris Brown should be one of the greatest artists. He should be the person that should be able to rival Michael Jackson. But today, Chris Brown did not invite him on awards. In fact, he has been cancelled because of stuff. So, there's a different expectation from men. And that's how our society is, you know. Um, it's, just, it's, just, it's just a sad reality of things. So, a lot of men, um, I won't be surprised if um, someone like that now, it's just the grace of God for someone like that, someone like Chris Brown now to live in, to a very old age. And that's been me being truthful because that kind of thing has has really definitely you might not say it but uh, it has really affected his life so men carry a lot of heaviness yeah. a lot of and body. he like a lot carries a lot of pain yeah. bundles it up a lot of body and you know so because you have to be strong as a man if you're not strong you're looked at as weak and all of that you know I, I, what i'll tell any man that would be you know is look the way I live my life is, I don't give a damn. I don't. The only person's opinion I, I am interested in is God's opinion and my family. Like my family, my mom. Anything outside 
God to my family. I'm not interested, except maybe one day my wife and probably my children once they get married. If not, if I want to, whatever I want to do, uh, you might be telling me something today, and I'll be doing like a see I'm, I'm listening to you. That I'll do what you're saying. I'll be smiling with you there. It'll be all cool. By the time I leave there is what I want to do. I'll do so because I know I've learned a lesson from my dad's death that the moment you go. It won't take long. People forget you. So don't live your life for people. Yeah. Don't live your life because what people will say. If you're a man, allow yourself. Look, if you're in a relationship and um, people are saying, hey, yeah, 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 a man, or saying like, ah, she's a good person. Do, do that and do, do this and do stuff. Or you're in a relationship that you want to go out, but because of people, you don't know what people will say and all of that. So you're staying there. Almost end that relationship. No matter how, no matter how close you were. Look, don't be a man and carry yourself to early group. Don't carry yourself to early group. Men carry a lot of things in them. That's why when a man is angry, you see, you now start seeing a lot of things. And they can, they can, they get violence because that's the, the emotions are so, so piled up that they don't know how to release more than being violent you know so um i don't make excuses for people being violent but then um emotions can be triggered in different ways and can draw different reactions from the person who's triggered so yeah so this is my own advice to you guys out there it's okay to be sad it's okay to feel pain it's okay to feel hot trust me it's okay to live through it don't let it live in you it only makes it a lot worse it makes living harder the depression we speak of that is everywhere lurking they come from built-in pain and built-in hearts and unexpressed emotions things that you just pile up inside of you and you don't let out because you feel maybe the society would see it as wrong um you try to conceal and not feel take this golden advice today feel it's good to conceal sometimes but it's better to feel because when you feel it gives you a sense of a sense of belonging a sense of feeling it gives you a sense of it gives you closure actually it gives you a living path and it makes you take better decisions so thank you so much Gideon for your time and thank you for taking out the time to be here with us today it's been a it's been an honor and it's been a lovely lovely talk and Sorry, we had to make you live through your pain. Is is what we do in empathize with snow. <laughs> so fine, thank you, listener. So before then, yeah, like I said when we started this, Gideon is a realtor. Let me let me, let me just let him blow his own whistle and tell you where you can find him. You can hit him up. Blow your own whistle, Gideon. <laughs> okay, you can find me on Instagram at Giddy the Agents. Giddy the agents are handled on Instagram and on TikTok. Yes, we help people find houses to buy, to rent. Yeah, and we're, we're, 
We're practically the biggest real estate agents in Abuja. And yeah, for Lagos people, we're also coming to Lagos. We're coming to Lagos soon. See, I thought it was a big shot, Abby. Yes, I know. See, it's blame is basically just being humble. But honestly, um Gideon is an amazing person. I, if you permit me to say, he's been very helpful to me. Although sometimes I feel like I'm supposed to stone him, but then it's one of those things. But <laughs> he's an amazing person and he will go above and beyond for you to find your choice of apartments or anything real estate. So y'all follow him, hit him up and so much. Yeah. Remember to follow us on Instagram remember to subscribe to us on spotify and apple podcast and oh yeah we're now on youtube follow us link up with us and also everybody out there remember you are not alone whatever heart or whatever pain you're going through you're most definitely not alone so stick with empathize with snow and i am snow black your host have an amazing weekend Thank you, thank Bye. you, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye. You're welcome.